podcast. I'm gonna have to edit that out. Can't talk. Oh God, help us, Jesus. Welcome to the Adoption Journey Podcast. I am your host, Tarsha Smith, and welcome to yet another episode of this amazing podcast. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. If you're checking us out on Spotify or Amazon, make sure you give us a follow. And as I always say, I appreciate the love and the support. And today in the building... I have two of my cousins. And for those that follow me, you know, I always say I have three sides of the family. I have my mother's side, my father's side, and my biological side. Today, we are representing my mother's side. I have one of my sister cousins who I talked about early on. This is Evangelist Patricia Haywood. And I have another cousin who is elder dennis james in the building welcome cousins glad to be here thank you thank you thank you so much for accepting this conversation when i called you and let me explain to the people what i want to do today so for those that do know these individuals know they're not adopted (laughs) and know they're not adopting any children at least i don't know are you DJ, y'all finna adopt? No, no. Oh, okay. I just checked it. That God adoption. That's it. That's it. And they are not adoptees. But the reason why I, I wanted to have this conversation with them, because I wanted to talk today about something that I know people don't tend to think about when you talk about adoption, which is generational curses. And I also want to tell a story Um, a testimony, I guess you can call it, my personal testimony that I went through and I didn't realize I was dealing with generational curses until long after I went through. And it's a story that needs to be told. And I've never, not on an open platform like this, I've never told this story. So let me go ahead and give a trigger warning because it may be that for some people because we are gonna get into a story of abuse. And so before I get into my story, I want to ask DJ, from a spiritual standpoint, can you talk to us a little bit about generational curses? Um, I actually, I, I had a, a scripture I was thinking about reading from, I was just kind of like um, paraphrase it, but uh, gener- generational curses a lot of times um, stimulate from bloodlines, um, and so obviously as humans we don't really we don't understand because we operate in a different realm, but we don't really understand that because spirits are not trapped by time, um, they they move throughout time based upon bloodlines. So uh, you may not know somebody in your bloodline that may have struggled with different things, and if you're not inside of Christ, um, you have no one giving you a new bloodline. So if you're outside of Christ, these spirits come, they tempt you with the same things that people in your past have been tempted with, and you can fall subject to it uh, without even having an understanding of what's kind of come out of your past. Wow. Yep. <laughs> well said. Woo. Wow. And I've never heard it quite put like that. And in a nutshell, you wrapped up exactly what happened to me. Hmm. And so um, I'll start here. I met this guy 
And I was 19 when I met him. And I thought he was all that, like we worked together. And granted, he was a guy that he was different for me. And that's probably why I um, gravitated towards him. And so we started dating a little bit and I finally bought him home. And the minute he left, my parents were like, no, ma'am. And I, y'all listen to your parents because they, they kind of know what they be talking about sometimes. Okay. <laughs> and I um, went full speed ahead. They should have probably used some reverse psychology and told me they liked them. Then maybe I would have been like, I don't like him. But they said, um, no, ma'am. My daddy was like, mm -mm, I, I can see straight through him. And I was like, what are you talking about? Now, let me set it up for you. I was in a vulnerable place at the time as well because I was pregnant with my first son, although he was not the father. So that put me kind of in a vulnerable position because I'm pregnant. In the very beginning, my oldest son's father was in a ram. And, you know, I'm just out here. And time went on and we dated. And within about six months, we, we were in, engaged. And he was super nice, super sweet. Like, there was no evidence, no signs, nothing that I could pick up on. Now, I am young. And admittedly, if you watch some of my earlier um, podcasts, very naive. And didn't know a lot. And so... Uh, I uh, went through and I was engaged. And Teresa, I'm going to ask, can you remember? Because for me, as tight as our family is, I remember beginning to get alienated from the family. We would do things together as we always do. And... I was starting to not come around as much. Do you remember that? I do. I do. So that kind of gave us like, gave me, I'll say, a little red flag about him, even though he always appeared to be so nice. Um, so it just kind of, I'm like, hmm, where's Tarsh? You know, so it was just a question because that's just wondering, where is Tarsha? I guess they're right. really busy, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so... If you know anything about abuse, one of the classic textbook definitions, they begin to alienate. Now, I don't know this is happening, but I do, like he was so much in my head. He, it started mental. You don't, you stand up on your own too. Like why y'all always getting together? Why? That's what we did. That's what we do. We still do it. But, um, and I listen. And I'm like, okay. And I think between me trying to stand up on my own too, because at this point I had had my oldest son, got this little tiny baby. Um, he's in my ear and just driving. And church. He went to church with me. He was not, no. He was raised in the church, but he went to church with me, although he was on... It, for my people that are from New York, New Jersey, that neck of the woods, he was a five percenter. 
I'm not going to get into all what that is, but if you know, you know. But he did go to church with me. So even though he was on some other stuff, because he was in my ear about the other stuff, that's believe. But he would still come to church with me. And um, by that summertime, if, in my earlier podcast, I talked about when I went to Chicago. Teresa, was it this time or this was the time mm -hmm. that I don't remember? <laughs> Tell the people about how <laughs> I, it, it was to the bus the bus station? Yes, bus station. Okay. The brain is crazy. The brain will block stuff out. Right. I don't remember this. Teresa, tell the people how what happened. Because this part, I don't even remember. Okay. So just based on my, you know, just me remembering, it was on a Sunday. Because we were all over to our grandmother's house, to Big Mama's okay. house. So it was just like a... A typical Sunday, you know, afternoon, we had dinner and everybody was, you know, there was like a lot of people there. And you just kept pressuring me. You said you had to go to and you're leaving. And I'm like, no, he's like, I'm going, I'm going, whether you take me or not. And you were like, I need you to take me to the bus station. And I was like, are you sure? And you, and you I'm the big cousin. So I've always, you know attempted to be that example for you guys and just kind of, you know, gave you, give you sound advice and kind of, you know, but you were just so adamant. You were like, no, I'm going with or without you. You know, you can, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so it's like you, you tied my hands. I felt, cause I guess I was thinking that the, you know, we could drive over that way and I could talk. You kind of just make sure and see what you, I just, I remember the drive. I just remember how, was he with us? No, no. It was just you and the baby. Yes. You and the baby. And I remember I was just like, are you sure? But you were adamant. You were like, I'm going. You know, I'll call my other friend to take me. So I was like, okay, what do you have planned? What are you doing? And you had, you know, you had steps in mind. You had things because you, you made me feel a little bit, you know, comfortable with taking you. But I was still really nervous and anxious about take I wasn't sure if that was the right decision but you were adamant that was the right decision and I just remember walking oh I mean I remember we drove to the Greyhound bus station right there on John Young you don't remember any of that I remember getting on the bus I don't and, remember how I got there I don't even remember being at Bit Mama's house I don't remember yeah. that I remember and I'm like because ain't Lois everybody was there and I was like oh my god what are you gonna I can't remember your plan as far as how you were going to tell everyone but for those that don't know aunt lois is my Lois's. mother <laughs> Ooh, we can call we're calling names we can call yeah, yeah 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 so i just remember and if my memory serves me correctly i remember what you had on because it was just like kind of dramatic for me i remember you had on overalls and i remember helping you with the car seat and I was, and then I just remember when I got in the car and I just started crying because I was just so upset that you left, but you were adamant that you wanted to leave. And I felt like I could do anything except for try to prepare you for your trip. Like, okay, so when you get there, who's picking you, you know, just what's happening next. And you had all your answers, but you were sure you were adamant that you wanted to go. And that's the part that I remember. And I'm like, but I don't remember him. I don't remember him at all. I don't remember any of this. Did you guys go together or were you going? I don't even remember. We went together. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember him at all. I just remember going to the Greyhound bus station. I remember 
helping you with the the carrier and you had your stuff and that's and i just remember it was so i was just so sad in hindsight you know if i knew you know that was a feeling man yeah. look at here if that was a feeling that i had but i didn't know to kind of just say no you're not yeah. going you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah, I didn't we're know. all young yeah i didn't know yeah. and i i hate that but i didn't know yeah dj let me ask you a question from a spiritual standpoint what is and it couldn't mean it may not mean anything but when the brain does what the brain for me oh, in yeah. this i don't remember any of this what is that can, can you speak to that <laughs> this I, I it's layered um but but you know it's funny because me and uh man we were having a conversation last night about just some 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 other things um, that we're just kind of discussing. She's just talking about how sometimes God kind of take the He can take the the MIB, the little MIB type thing, and just kind of remove the like erase your memory in certain areas. And so sometimes, you know, when when God wants you not to have a connection to that particular thing as you move forward in life, He can erase it from your memory because He's obviously He has the ability to do that. Um, so that you don't have to struggle with that particular memory. And then some things he leaves inside of your memory bank that he uses as you move forward. So that could be a testament to just his grace and not allowing you to remember that. But it's it's definitely layered, though. I, I don't remember any of that. Just right now when you just said we were all at Bit My House. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that because I had to come back life. without you. Hmm. Talk about that. So when I came back without you, you know, no one was happy, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm like, so, and then I'm the person and I was like, well, so I'm like, well, she, she was going to catch a ride with a friend. So I tried to go talk, you know, she said she was going regardless. So I went, you know, to take her, but they were like, you know, no one was happy. So I, and I just felt bad. I'm like, oh my God. I don't even know how you went back to the house. Right. Without me. <laughs> I don't even know what I was thinking. That was just young, 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 four years older than young. <laughs> but you remember, so you only remember getting on the bus. I only remember getting on the bus. Being, I remember being at the bus station, getting on the bus. Mm -hmm. I remember, I don't even remember the bus ride. I remember wow. getting into Chicago though. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember any of it. So... We get into, we get to Chicago and I move in with the relative and the arguments have started. The, the argument started before we went to Chicago. Let me say this because the very first thing that he ever did was dash a whole big cup of Kool-Aid in my face during an argument. I don't know what the argument was for. That happened before we left but he had never put his hands on me. Arguments had started, but the first physical thing was that big glass of red Kool-Aid. That happened before we left. You didn't so, tell me that, because you wouldn't have been okay. Okay, well, place. put your seatbelt on, because it's a lot you don't know. <laughs> don't sit here, get mad. Don't get mad. <laughs> you wouldn't have been on the bus. Okay, go ahead. And so, I didn't, you don't, let me tell you what I have learned in hindsight, when you're in this situation, you tend to not only protect yourself, but you protect that person. Yeah. 
And I'm sure I was doing that because I need everybody to like him and, and, and love him because I do. So we get into Chicago. The arguments have picked up some and they are still not physical yet. Um, like I said, we moved in with the relative. When we moved from this relative and we were all, we weren't there long, it didn't take long for us to get a spot. When we moved into our new spot, arguments got bad. And that was the first time that he ever hit me. And I remember just being stunned because I had never been exposed to this life. I didn't know anybody that had been abused. I just wasn't raised in any of this. My behavior was something way out of the left field. Like I had never done anything like this. I'm supposed to still be at Bethune-Cookman. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. Instead, I did my freshman year. I ended up pregnant. And then it was like a, just the domino effect. And so when I got onto this path, um, I did go to school for a little bit to the community college and then I met him and then here we are. And so we get into Chicago, we move and the arguments get bad and they get worse and they get worse. And we're still engaged. We're still not married yet. But in the midst of the conversations in the midst of the fighting, some kind of way, we still managed to go and get our marriage license. And we do this. We didn't get married right away. A couple of weeks goes by. And here's one of the craziest stories that I have told people in my very, very tight circle. Teresa, I know you don't even know this. DJ, I definitely know you don't know this. So y'all strap up. So um, we were getting on the bus, my baby, my oldest baby is, you know, he's a baby. Get, And we went on the bus everywhere because we're in Chicago at this point. You don't need a car. We walked to the bus station arguing. Now we going down to the courthouse to get married. We're walking to the bus station arguing. I don't know about what. I don't know. And we get to the bus stop, I should say, in full-blown argument so much so we turn around and go back that was my red flag all the other stuff were red flags but I, if I ever had a red flag that was the red flag we go back upstairs arguing now he's starting to get physical we get back all the way upstairs because we live back on the second floor i believe into the apartment and he hit me up against the wall and had his hands around my throat. And he wasn't that much taller than me, but he had me almost off the floor by my throat against the wall. And I remember beginning to black out. And he finally let go and stormed out and some kind of way my baby 
was always so calm. Like Rashad was never a big crier. He was very calm. And he stormed out. And he would always, you know, classic, always apologize, always come with the gifts, always. And I remember if I wasn't terrified before, I was definitely terrified now. And I didn't see a way out, even though I was surrounded by family. That's why that's we went to Chicago because in my head, I have family there, just like I have family in Florida. So I wasn't by myself, even though I was by myself. And um, he came back later on, apologized. He even had a gift. And, you know, what you do when you're in this situation, you tend to forgive because they say, I'm not going to do it anymore. I was this, this was that, this, I mean, classic textbook. And believe it or not, the next day, I got up and went and married this man. The very next day. And just to show you how underwhelming it was, we got on the bus. We went to City Hall. Me and my baby in the stroller and him went to see the judge, got married. He went to work. And me and the baby got back on the bus and went back home. So this was the middle of August. And the abuse did not stop. It actually got worse. So much so that by September, I had a call home. And I said, I need to come home. But I didn't know how to, I was, I'm scared. I don't know how to uh, get out of his, um, it's, not easy, it's not as easy as when people say, just leave, just walk away. It's not that easy because you have to remember he had my mental and the physical and, you know, in your ear, you leave and, um, and I remember trying to contemplate how I was going to do this. And one thing that I would do to escape, I, I always like to read. And I remember reading James Baldwin, um, what is it? Man, Child in the Promised Land. Is that his book? Thick book. That was an escape for me. I would read. I had gotten this book from the library. And I was reading, trying to tune him out. Remember, I said, thick book. He snatched it and ripped that book in half. And I was like, I got, I got to get out of here. He's going to kill me. I, I... So y'all remember, if you've ever seen the movie Soul Food, when Bird and Lim kind of had that spat and the cousins called those cousins and they went to the Okay, so my daddy called those cousins. And they came to our place. Stood head and head, the guy I was with, in a corner. Stood over him. Told me to go pack my stuff. And they told him he better not move. 
I'm sure they were packing because those were those cousins. <laughs> and I got my stuff, got my baby. And then the next morning, my auntie put me on the plane and I came home. Teresa, do you happen to remember when I came home? Vaguely, yeah. The part that I don't remember, like, I know I didn't, I wasn't involved in the pickup or anything with that, but I vaguely remember. Oh, mom and daddy came and got me from the airport. Yeah. I remember um, talking to you after you were home and I don't, I just remember you sharing a little bit because why, why you came back. And I remember you being afraid, but it seems like I remember, did he come back or something? Did he come to Florida at all? Eventually. I just remember, but you, you were like nervous, afraid. And I'm like, listen, 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 honey, you, you okay. He not coming. <laughs> we ready. <laughs> so I just remember you home, you safe, you're home, you're safe. Cause I just remember that little fear. And it seems like we were trying to get you to do something and you just really was not, didn't want to do go anywhere or do anything because you were kind of afraid. I just remember one little conversation. It seemed like maybe. But other than that, mm -mm. but I just remember like, you're okay. You're home now. You're home now. You're home. <laughs> you know something that just came to me when I was talking and was this during the, did a family reunion happen while I was gone? Can you remember? No, I can't remember. Cause I don't remember the years. It seems like it's all running together. It, listen, because we did have a, a you know a reunion reunion here in Florida, but I don't remember like the exact a couple of them. But during the time when you were gone, I don't know. Okay, so I'm not I'm not done yet. I'm actually only in the middle of the story. DJ, you all right? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm, I'm sure. hey, this, okay, this is my time hearing all of this, right? Yeah, my for real, for real. So I had wow. I heard a little glimpses of it, but my goodness, wow. Wow. Any, any any words before I continue? Yeah. I, well, I I guess I just you know salute you for having the curse because you know you hear numerous stories where um, people who are in abusive relationships they 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 stay there, and for you to have courage to make the call, you making that call really, in my opinion, it saved your life. You know, it saved your life because you you know it, it definitely could have went a whole different way. So just having the courage to make that call is, is God's grace on you, honestly. Well, buckle up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I feel something more is coming. Okay. Look, you're, when you told me to buckle up the first time, I'm like, oh, God, help me. So I'm like, I'm trying to hold on. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Jesus, Help us, Lord. Thank you, God. <laughs> okay, so I, I came home and I was home. Um, I came home in September. And like I said, he still had my mind. He started calling. At first, I wouldn't take his calls. But eventually, I began to take his calls. And he was in my ear, in my ear. Mind you, we're still married, legally, we're still married. And I began to say, okay, I gotta try and make this work. I gotta try and make my marriage work. And by April, the very following year, so I, 
Yeah. So this was from, I, left, I came home in September of 95 by April of 96. I had gotten a job. Like I was really trying to be subtle, you know, and he was in my ear. And then I made another crazy decision. He, he was like, well, why don't you just come up here? Because when he left Chicago, he went home. New Jersey was home for him. So I left again. And in April of 96, this time I had a friend take me who I just connected with on Facebook about a year ago. And she was like, are you, are you here? Because all she remembered the last time we had any contact, she was dropping me off and we didn't have contact until about a year ago. Mm. And so, yeah, social media is crazy. And, um, you know, I had to explain to her, you know, short version, I'm back, not with him, but she took me and Teresa, I do remember her and her conversation. Are you sure? Is this what you do? Are you kind of trying to talk me out of it? She knew bits and pieces mm -hmm. of what I had been through. But her conversation was probably a lot like your conversation when you took me that first time. And I was adamant. So me and my baby, again, go to New Jersey. And, and it was the craziest decision because now I'm on his turf. I don't have any family in New Jersey. I'm really by myself. So um, I flew up. And I go to uh, his mom's house. And that's where we stay until we both got jobs at the mall. And it was almost like deja vu a couple months later. No, maybe about a month later. You know, all was good. When I came up there, everything was all good. The very first night in our new place. It started. The very first night, the argument, the fighting, and I never fought back. I was scared. And I couldn't believe it because the whole time he had been, it had been good. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to be all right, you know? And it seemed like this time was a whole lot worse the ruling I almost want to say like he ruled with an iron fist this time versus the last time this time my baby's a little bit older and he was clinging to me a lot now i'm young and i'm not picking up on these signs but one day it clicked i'm like my baby is scared of him he never did anything to my baby, that I know for sure. But what my baby was witnessing, even as a baby, he was clinging to me. He could be playing. We lived in a high rise and we weren't far from the elevator. He could be playing in the floor because he was a little over a year at this time. Anytime he heard that elevator, he would stop and come get in my lap. Mm. 
mm-hmm. or stop and come grab my leg or stop. And that I didn't catch it at first, but I was like, he's afraid. It was bad. It was really bad. So, um, a cousin of his, and he was very strategic with it. Any bruises I had, they were always under my clothes. He never hit me in my face or anything like that, but I would be bruised under my clothes. And um, a cousin of his, who we still speak to this day, saw the bruises on me one day. And she said, I knew it. You going home. Mm-hmm. And I'm terrified. I'm like, I don't, I don't have any money. I don't, I don't, because he ruled everything. Like my name wasn't on, which I guess in, in hindsight is a blessing because my name wasn't on nothing. So, you know, he wasn't messing up my credit. Mm-hmm. But to him, he was like, no, like the car, his name, the place, his name the, the uh, bank account, his name. Like, I, I didn't have nothing. Like, I was literally at his mercy. Like, I had nothing. And um, she was like, we gonna figure it out, but you you going home. She was like, I knew it. And this is his cousin. Wow. And um, so a little bit of time went on because I went in April. Some months, you know. Give me a minute. <laughs> It was bad. Um, you got to tell her that your cousin thinks that we thank her for making that decision because we didn't have a clue, you know, of what was going on. Yeah, it's okay. So, um, in the midst of all this, I ended up pregnant with my second baby. Mm-hmm. And then when I ended up pregnant, I knew I had to go home. I'm like, he gonna kill me. He gonna kill this baby. I gotta go home. And um, when I tell you God orchestrated this right here, I can't remember exactly what he was doing or where he was working, but he never, ever, ever had to be at work at 6 a.m. in the morning. For whatever reason, on this particular day, he had to be in at 6 a.m. in the morning. Some kind of inventory was happening. And it was odd. And I told her, and she was like, that's the day we're going to get you out of there. It was, you know, it was like, he told me his schedule. He was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I got to be at work at 6 o'clock in the morning. And it was like the next week. Oh, let me add this to it. A friend of his had moved in with us. He was sleeping on the sofa. He just needed some place to stay between time. He witnessed what was happening too. He never said anything. He never interjected. He saw the abuse. He saw, he never said anything. So the night before he was supposed to be at work at six o'clock in the morning, I was, um, it, it appeared that I was cleaning up, straightening up. I was putting my stuff together. And so the next morning, all I had to do was just throw stuff in a bag and go. So he got up that next morning and I woke up and I just laid there. And he he went to work. I 
played there for about another hour to make sure he wasn't coming back. And I got up and I remember I was so scared, but I knew I had, that was my chance. I had to go. And I got up and I started throwing stuff in the bag, getting stuff together. And then Rashad woke up. I fed him some breakfast. And I'm tipping because I'm trying not to wake up this friend. Remember, he's there. And I don't, in my head, he's going to try and stop me or he's going to tell or something. And he woke up and my heart stopped. And he said, what you doing? And I said, I'm going home. <laughs> Y'all, he jumped up and started helping me pack. <laughs> yes, God. Thank you. And he was like, I got you. That was God. Yeah, that was God. And he started helping me. And then in the midst of that, his cousin showed up and she helped me get the rest of my stuff together. And the two of them threw my stuff, me and Rashad in the car, and they raced to the bus station. And his cousin gave me some money. Mm. And they threw me on that bus. I almost missed the bus. <laughs> they were like, wait, we got to get her on this bus. Mm. They told me that my luggage was a little overweight. And the guy was like, you know what? Get on the bus. I'm going to make it fit underneath this bus. Mm -hmm. And I got on the bus. And even though I was leaving, I remember shaking the whole time. I remember looking out the window because I thought he was going to pull up or, and we were way down the road and I'm still looking. When I tell you the fear is real. Mm -hmm. And um, I got on the bus and it was a 24 hour ride home and we get home. Now my parents knew I was coming home and um, we get home and I am four months pregnant and I'm 124 pounds. And my mama nursed me back to health. Mm -hmm. I had a healthy, I, I was on bed rest, but I had a healthy baby. Mm -hmm. And he did, um, he did call. He did start back calling, but I was firm this time. This is when he ended up back in Florida. Teresa. Mm, okay. He uh, about a year later, he ended up back in in okay. Florida, <laughs> and I was coming down, driving home from work one day, and I look up in my rearview mirror. He was behind me. I didn't know at that time he was back in Florida. Now. He had family here, his brother and stuff are here. They're still here. And I remember my legs started shaking. I started shaking. I said, oh, oh my God, he's, he's back here. And over time, he was still trying to get me to come back. But I had, at this point, I had filed for um, a, a divorce. Still living at home with my parents and um, trying to get him out of my system and try not to be weak because now he's back. And now I have his son, because at this point I've had, 
my second baby. And um, I held strong all the way up until two years later. And this was my last altercation, I'm going to call it, almost altercation with him. It was one, it was during November and I'm kind of talking to him. I'm not, didn't move back in with him. Didn't, wasn't like, okay, we gonna be together. But he has my conversation. And mama and daddy had gone out of town. They took the boys with them on Thanksgiving. I stayed home, I was working. And we, um, I told him I was gonna meet up with him when I got off from work. And God intervened again. And I ended up, now this is before cell phones for, for the family that's listening. There's no cell phones. This is late 90s. We don't have cell phones yet. We have beepers. We don't I have cell phones yet. And some friends of mine were like, when we get off, we're going to meet up at Pizza Hut. And I was like, Okay, I'm going to go to Pizza Hut with y'all. Now, I had told him I was going to meet up with him. He didn't know where I lived because mom and daddy had not moved. So he, he knew where I was. And um, I didn't go straight home. I went, we went to Pizza Hut. I vividly remember sitting in that Pizza Hut, just hanging. And time got away from me. And I said, oh, well, I guess he probably went home now because I don't forget because I was supposed to meet up. He had been by the house. And at my front door, he had left a note. And you know how you can tell when somebody is just off their rocker to mm -hmm. see it in the handwriting. And the note was very threatening. Mm. Had I gone home that day, who knows what would have happened. Okay. I didn't see him again, didn't hear from him again. It would be some years. And in these years that have started to go by, he's still in the area. And I just told my cousin here, Teresa, um, what I learned, he actually was never living that far from me. for years. I don't know. I'm only speculating. I have no concrete. I don't know if he watched me, but he was never that far. Even for, for those that know the area, even when I lived in Claremont. And by now I'm, you know, I'm married and everything at that point. He still was up the street. I found out. I did, and I know a big question. Wait, I'm gonna pause. DJ, you all right? Teresa, you Yeah, all right? I'm good. Just, <laughs> I'm watching a movie, Tosh. I'm telling you, and, you know, and I'm just thinking, God, of how many times that he just intervened on your behalf, his grace, his mercy, and just how he just protected you. And I'm like, thank you, God. That's what I'm like, thank you, Lord. Look, from you know, the prayer, when we pray from danger seen and unseen, and that's what he was doing. It was just like, I um, and I remember that night. It was some friend. It was just this simple. We finna go hang out at Pizza Hut. You want to yeah. come? And I was yeah. like, Yeah, 
Because, you know, I ain't got no kids. They they out of town. You know how that is, DJ, because they got a lot of kids. <laughs> it, it definitely feel like a talk. <laughs> so you understand. I'm like, yeah, I ain't got no kids. I ain't got, yeah, I'll go hang out. That's what we did. Wow. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I... In, in over the years past, yes, I did go to therapy. Mm-hmm. But those that want to know or wonder, y'all go to therapy. Yeah. Y'all pray and go to therapy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it again. Y'all pray and go to therapy. Mm-hmm. It's important. It's. I know what the Black community thinks about therapy. Yeah. Stop sweeping it under the rug, suppressing it. Go to therapy. Because what happened to me when God did send me my husband, some of that residual was starting to spill out. That's what made me go to therapy. And this is before we uh, got married. That's what made me go to therapy because I recognized my behavior. And I said, this is not even me. What just happened here? Mm -hmm. And my then boyfriend, now husband, looking at me sideways, like, mm-hmm. girl, you get your life together. <laughs> okay. And I just remember, like, ooh, baby, he treated her like a queen. Yes, we, you didn't have to convince us to love him. <laughs> but like, you know, I just remember, hands down, I can't seem like you guys went on a trip to your Paris somewhere. We went, we did. Yeah, I'm we like, did. yes, we come on, we like you. We like you. <laughs> come on, welcome to the family. <laughs> And I, um, and he was so patient mm-hmm. and because when he was a child, a, a high school friend that you could never, ever, ever have paid me a million dollars to ever believe that was going to be, that was going to be my husband. Mm-hmm. You never. <laughs> and, but some of that residual has began to spill over. So I went to therapy because I recognized I didn't recognize myself. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I can't mess this up. Mm-hmm. Acting, taking out what I went through on him. And I think that's important for people to understand. Sometimes when you go through, no, when you go through these things, that residual is there. Yeah. And you have to learn how to navigate it. And you have to learn how to um, control it and not take it out on other people. And I had to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. And so we get married. We have our blended family. Um, and some years down the road, I get an email from said person out the blue. And he wants to see his son, who he's not seen since he was a little tiny little thing. And let me tell you what kind of husband I have. He said, if that man want to try and step in to be a father, let him, let him. Um, So the very first thing I did, because something else I worked on too, was forgiveness. That was for me. That was for me. 
I had to forgive him so I could be free. Hmm. Um, not knowing that he was going to pop back up. And when he popped back up, I was stunned, but I had did the work mm -hmm. and I was in a good place. Yeah. And after I talked to my husband and I did respond, I said, okay, you and I are going to meet first on the mutual ground. And when we met at a Starbucks, when I tell you I was able to stand flat footed, look him out of the eye, I wasn't shaken. I wasn't scared. I was mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. But God, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because I and I figured out it's because you did the work that mm -hmm. you needed to do, but be, because you didn't know you needed to do the work, I didn't know I was gonna look at him, have to look at him eye to eye. Mm -hmm. And um, we entertained him. We invited him into our home. He had dinner. Like Jimmy was like, if he's going to be, try to be, let him be. I'm never going to stand in the way of that. Mm -hmm. And he did. And um, he, he hung around for about a year. And in true character, even though you are married, even though you, I, I'm married, he has a girlfriend. I don't think they were married yet. Um, you know, he tried, hmm. you know, he tried to get at me, hmm. but now I'm in a different place. Shut it all the way down. Hmm. And if you're not here for this boy, you, you can keep moving because none of that's about to happen. And it almost seems as if when he realized there was no cracks that he could slip in, oh. he was gone. Mm -hmm. And I mean, disappeared. Wow. Now, it was horrible for my son mm -hmm. because he had them popped up and left. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, he at the, as soon as you said, I'm sure he felt it was horrible. But just like we can go right back to the scripture, all things work together for the good of them. So it may appear to be horrible, but it was a blessing in disguise because he was, you know what I'm saying? He was gone. Yeah, he was gone. And he had, your son, they had that solid foundation. I was period. just going to say that. Period. Period. You know, they Never didn't have to walk for anything. <laughs> Never missed a love. beat. Yeah. Never missed a beat. Never experienced any kind of, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I've not seen or heard from him since. My son has. I've not. Um, <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> but um, I just want, I just need people to understand I'm going to loop it back around to generational curses. It wasn't until I met my biological family did I understand hmm. what you said, Dennis, in the very beginning of this episode, that bloodline, those things come in 
and you don't necessarily know where they come from. I met them and I said, and I, and I began to know the, the stories and hear the things and it was identical wow. to what I went through. Wow. And I said, there it is. Mm -hmm. Because I, I didn't have the wherewithal when I was going through it mm -hmm. to understand why. I never even questioned why. The only thing I remember questioning or saying was, this is crazy. How did I get here? Yeah. But I didn't have the maturity level to, to understand what it was until, I mean, years later, because this was a period for me from 94 to 97. And then the last time I saw him was 2007, 2008. I didn't find them until 2012. Yeah. So it would be years later. It's, it, I know it is very hard for people to talk about abuse. It's almost therapeutic when we talk about abuse. It's important, just like our adoption stories are important. Mm -hmm. As hard as these stories are, these are important too, because you don't know who. I agree, yeah. Who's listening. You don't know who you're helping. Um, I've been able to help people because of what I've went through, because now I'm very, I'm sensitive to it. I pick up on it. I know enough to know that I'm not like, girl, you just need to leave. If I'm in a position where I can watch, and in this particular position, I God had placed me in a position where I could observe. And I began to very little kind of tell her my story in pieces. And when she was ready, she looped back around to me and she was like, I got to get out of there. Mm -hmm. She never once told me he was doing those things. I had picked up on it. So mm -hmm. something right over there. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a gift and a curse, if you will, because it's like when you can pick up on it, but you can't do anything about it, but pray about it and say, okay, God, how are you going to use me in this? Mm -hmm. And another takeaway I've had from this situation, I went through this for somebody else. A lot of times it's not even for you. It's, it's for somebody else. Okay, I need a minute. And then my minute. DJ, give us some words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this is uh this is wow. First, first of all, I wanna you know I wanna commend you, Tarsha, for your um Sherry testifying. Uh, scripture says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so I think a lot of it's so easy as humans we we forget that we are um we're three we're three part human beings and so you know you god created us inside out you know and so i think that when our soul it's impossible for you to live your best life when your soul is not healthy 
and your and a lot of times your your soul is not. It's, it's, it's almost like a sprite bottle. If you don't release that cap, uh, it, that that bottle is going to explode. So I think that you know we have to. It's so important to share our stories, and it's so important to have a community that we share it with, because in our sharing we get healing. You know, which is essentially what the thread of your story is when you share. Every time you share, every time you open up and share and, and through the process of this, every time you open up and share, God provided a way of escape for you. God provided opportunity of escape and healing for you. And it's because of, you know, the willingness of you to share with somebody, call somebody. And I think, you know, that's the common thread is that. We're, we're, we're built to, to be community beings. And we have to understand that when we share, when we let people in our space, that's where we find our true healing. And that's, that's where we actually, we actually thrive in that space. I think about the, your, you went through what you went through. Now you're going to be able to help thousands of women go through what the same as that situation that they're going through. You're going to be able to help thousands of women through that as well. But you had to go through your Egypt phase. And if you keep your mouth closed, they're going to stay in Egypt. But if you open your mouth, they're going to go into the promised land that you already arrived at. So That's good. That's true. Teresa, do you have any, any final thoughts here? <laughs> um, no, not at the... I mean, it's just like... It's just, I guess... I, Again, you know, I'm like, gosh, what could I have done differently? But this is your pathway. This mm -hmm. is the path, you know, and as your cousin is like, but there was nothing that I could have done differently because this is the path that God had purpose. The hallelujah, my God, the purpose that he had placed on the inside of you. This is your purpose. And this is how a lot of times, you know, when we go through different things, it doesn't always feel good. You know, and we are not perfect. So we all make poor decisions at times. And then you still have to, you know, we'll walk through it. And just God allows that to, to continue to reveal even the more that gift that he's placed on the inside of us, that purpose, that um, that calling, you know, and I just it's, it's just coming full circle. I just believe this is why, you know, because yeah, I mean, I just keep, and then I think back your family. I mean, you didn't want for anything. You didn't. You had everything. You know. You never. You know. It was just you were. You're. You're loved. You know. You didn't have anything. You didn't have to go search for a father figure. I just remember back in the day, Uncle Leon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just back in the day, you know, when we. I just remember when you moved from Tampa. I mean, it was just even us going to visit. It was just always the house with all the snacks and the food. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to take us, and he took us to our first New Edition concert. We're little girls. You know, it was like, I just can remember all the things, the gifts, and he, they were always they were always good gift givers. <laughs> <laughs> always lots of laugh, always lots of love, and he can cook really good. And it's just like, I'm just thinking back, you know, our childhood was great, great childhood. Um and just new edition kind. And I did you go to Hawaii with them? I just thought about. Do you remember going to Hawaii? I just remember we got to ask them how long ago. I remember them bringing back little grass skirts for us because they had went gone to Hawaii. You know, it's just like all of I didn't that. Go to Hawaii. That what I didn't go on that trip. 
you you maybe you were home with us. You could have been home with us. And so we need to remember. I just remember we were in Winter Garden in in the we can say names, Tildenville. We were in yeah, Tildenville. Tildenville. Yeah. We was in the hood, baby. <laughs> but um we were there and I just remember them coming up and we were at Big Mom, Big Mom and Big Daddy's house. And I remember the grass skirts. So you don't remember any of that? Okay. Yeah, she's older than me, so she probably doesn't. Only about four years. She threw the, you threw the age out there. I don't have. <laughs> but you were you you were here. You were here then, so I guess you just don't remember. You were a baby. So you maybe you stayed with us. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. So we'll have to ask to confirm that from the adults. The 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 adulties. The adults, <laughs> right. But no, I mean, I'm just thankful to be a part of the process. I mean, I love you. Um, and I'm just so proud of you. And that's what I've always, you know, just so proud of of you, you know, and your your journey. Of course, a lot of this I did not know. Because um, you know, we were just a a, a call away. <laughs> Landline always stayed the same. You know the call. We'll be right there. But, you know, this was just the process. This was just the journey that you had to go through. Um, and I'm just so proud of how you you came out on the other side and you're victorious and how you're going to help just so many other people. I mean, God is good. God is good. And he's, he's you know, he's good. And I just, I, I mean, the, and that when you started about the generational curses, that's something that I've always kind of been in tune with. Um, I don't know. I guess I always like to look through the family and I'm like, hmm, that's something we got to pray about. And you stopped it. I feel like you stopped the generational curse with your family. You know what I'm saying? You stopped it. And and that's what, that when I looked through our family line, anything that I saw that was repetitive, something that happened Year after year, great grandmama, great great, yeah. whoever dealt with that, I said, "Oh no!" Once I started learning, I'm like, "Oh no, it stops here." You know, the generational curse is going to be broken with me, and I tried to figure out, you know, what are my steps to break that, sorry, to break that curse. So, um, yeah. what I want to say to adoptees, adoptive parents, foster parents. Sometimes you may adopt a child and then their behavior, you're like, I didn't teach them that or where is that coming from? What you have to always remember is that you're dealing with nurturing versus nature. Mm. It's a real thing. Yeah. And if you're going into this, especially my adoptive parents, think about and understand and if the behavior comes out of the left, like mine did, be patient mm. and try and understand and, and don't think that you did anything wrong or they're doing anything wrong. Yeah. Sometimes it's just simply what's inside. And then you navigate from, from there. Mine didn't come out until I was... You know, I, like I said early on, I was 19, 20 years old when this behavior began to surface. Mm -hmm. And it literally came out of nowhere. Yeah. So in, in closing, that is what I would like to say to my adoption community. Mm -hmm. um, I want to thank my cousins for being here while I tell this story and for giving insight 
um, I have the best family. I could not have asked for a better family. I'm so blessed. Um, and they're doing some amazing, amazing things in their own right. So before we end this podcast, DJ, yeah, let them know. <laughs> let them know. <laughs> oh, it's uh, dream again is just uh, it's, it's a it's a it's a mantra, it's a mindset. Essentially, what um, with, with Tarsha um, launching out and telling her story, having having come coming to life and what what you know God is calling you to do, and not allowing life to suppress you and make you feel like you don't have anything to offer the world. And uh, so it's a movement we started with worship nights, and so our next one is. Uh, July 21st at Judah Church in Orlando. So if you're free, come out. But if you can't, know that God is calling you to dream again. Great. All right. Love it. Teresa, this is a lot of the jewelry that you see me rock Mm -hmm. on the Adoption Journey podcast comes from none other. Shout out your business. (laughs) Yes. The Perfect Touch Jewelry Boutique, where we have fabulous $5 accessories for men and women and children. Um, But, you know, the good thing, I mean, anything that I do, God is going to, it's my goal to put God in the center of it. So I just kind of get a, I just love being able to, because I love accessories, you know, and making people feel beautiful, handsome, you know, just empowering women, empowering men to be their best. And it's only five dollars and backwards now we do have some 25 dollar pieces <laughs> hey that's that z collection baby <laughs> but yes yeah, I get the perfect touch jewelry boutique that's me follow me I, on all social media <laughs> i will drop their links in the description so that you can come and dream again dream again yeah and then wear your beautiful accessories um I just want to say real quick, I have already attended one, um, the Dream Again tour. Baby, when I tell you, you're not ready. Yeah. You you are not ready. Come just with your, go ahead and take your cup and empty it out and then just come with it open because they're going to fill it right back up. Just come ready to see. It It was great. It was amazing. And I cannot wait. For the next one because i'm gonna Praise be in the God. building okay. um wear some comfortable shoes wear some comfortable <laughs> shoes so you can't come no, 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 no. hey unless you prepare to take them off because you want to be ready to praise and to worship and to just allow god to have his way because it was a great time amazing. thank you for joining us on yet another episode episode of the adoption so journey <laughs> And until next week, bye, family. Bye. We love you. Love you all. Love you, DJ. Bye.